we're in an era of personalized care mm -hmm. and people are realizing, well, if I have a high deductible anyway, yeah. I gotta pay out of my pocket for an in-network specialist, but I get you know different experience and better care in many cases. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, and welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. Uh, this is Aaron LeBauer, your host, and today I have two special guests. It's a two for one. Um, I've got Bill Brown and Vatsal Thacker from Reimbursify. And so uh, we're going to talk all about uh, insurance today and uh, healthcare entrepreneurism, if that's a word. So Bill, Thack, uh, Vatsal, thank you so much for joining me uh, today. Appreciate you guys being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah. So um, tell me, like, so for everyone uh, listening, you guys own Reimbursifier. You've developed an app, and it's a app that helps people file claims with health insurance, right? That's right. That's okay. right. So uh, I used to run a full-time private practice. I'm a psychiatrist by training, and I didn't accept any insurance uh, while I did that. Patients would come in and pay me the direct fee, but then they had a lingering question about how to file claims for reimbursement. And so mm -hmm. uh, initially, I directed them towards their insurance company, but I realized that's not such a great customer service move. Right. And so I took it upon myself to look into the process and actually start filing claims for people, uh, much uh, against my better judgment. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't take long to, to figure out that this needs to be an app. The patient needs to be at the center of it. They're, they're the ones who need to track and follow up on the reimbursement. And that's kind of where the idea for Reimbursify was born. Um, Bill had the good fortune or misfortune of being my neighbor in the office suite where I was located. Uh, so I decided to take him to lunch one day and pitch him on the idea. Yeah. Want to share your thoughts on that? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so... Um, Bothell and I were friends for probably four or five years prior to launching the company. We, we had adjoining offices in an executive suite. And my background is software, um, primarily um, bringing new software to market. So uh, he approached me with this, with this idea, which I understood immediately since my wife is a psychotherapist that's as a private practice here in Greenwich Village in New York for the past 25 years, and she's never taken any insurance. So mm -hmm. I fully understood uh, the challenge from a practitioner perspective. And then I also have two uh, young adult daughters that avail themselves of out-of-network services. And so I deeply understood uh, the issues of filing for out-of-network health insurance reimbursement as a patient or client. So I resonated right away with the idea. Um, we spent some time doing some research, um, talking to some legal experts, making sure that you know there wasn't any sort of uh, obstacles or uh, roadblocks to mm -hmm. us really creating this uh, solution. Um, then we went out and we uh, raised some money and uh, dove in. We designed the app. Um, it was really built uh, for scale. The, the whole concept was to design a software platform that was capable of scaling to millions and millions of users um, and then taking in out-of-network claim data through a very elegant a user interface, uh, primarily through a smartphone. Mm -hmm. um, so we designed the app built it, launched it, and um, that was, it's been in market now for a little over a year, and we have many, many thousands of, of uh, practitioners who recommend it uh, to their caseload and uh, patients and clients who depend on it to claim their money back. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So, in, in essence, uh, it's, a, it's an app that you can use to help your patients um, 
file their claims. Yeah, right. Okay. So, um, Vatsal, tell me, like, so how long ago did you uh, start your um, psychiatry practice? So, uh, it was 2007 in New York City um, that that I I opened my doors. And was that right after you graduated from med school and did residency fellowship, or was did you? No, there was about there was a four or five year uh, lag in there, and I remember thinking in those years that. I ultimately want to have my own practice and I ultimately want to go out of network. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was sort of building up to that. Yeah. Why for you was it important to be out of network? So uh, I think every specialty is treated, you know, has their own unique challenges for being mm-hmm. in network. And in my specialty, the, the unique challenge is um, trying to get enough time with patients to serve them properly Mm -hmm. Um, you know on average you know I don't want to overgeneralize but on average uh, a psychiatrist or mental health professional would spend more time with a patient if uh, in an out-of-network setting than Mm -hmm. an in-network setting and uh, since we don't have that many fancy tests or scans that we can run (laughs) to diagnose and treat people um, you know we have to base it on you know, structured conversation, and that requires time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, is it be- and is it because the the I mean, is it because insurance doesn't reimburse you as well for your structured conversation as if you were to run some kind of scan on me? They <laughs> exactly. told me my problems, right? Uh, hey, that's a great business model you just <laughs> came up with. Uh, I think someone beat you to it. Yeah, I, I, I do think that universally it's true that uh, uh, what we see is our experience is that. You know, out-of-network providers, um, you know, we, anecdotally and just through our experience, we see more sort of attentive care. Mm. And that's, you know, I think there's a lot of variables that play into that, and not the least of which is that, you know, in-network providers, when when providers sign up to be in-network with an insurance company, then they, of course, agree to a lot of administrivia around filing claims right. for their for their patients and clients. So, and, and I think the industry average I just saw recently was about eighteen percent of their of their time is spent on insurance uh, claim filing and management. I mean, if you mm-hmm. if you if you sort of contextualize that, that's a day a week. Um, right. that, that they are not providing, you know, services to to the to their community and, and their caseload. So um, I could see how that would make people sort of speed up in the individual sessions. Yeah. So um, you know, I guess one of the my other questions, uh, Vatsal, I guess this is for you still, is that for like psychotherapists, uh, psychiatrists, mental health, it seems like more. It, at least from my perspective, more providers who are in practice for themselves are out of network or is that just, you know, I mean, is it, is there a reason like versus let's say uh, orthopedic surgeons who are in private practice or even pain med special, you know what I mean? Right. Um, I think one of the primary reasons is the, um, you know, the time-based specialty that we're in. But another one is I recently tweeted that insurance companies pay us, one third of our normal fees, whereas insurance companies pay other doctors and practitioners two thirds of their normal fees. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not just a time issue, but right. you know, on a on a, a in a on a business model perspective, it's it's apples and oranges, yeah. and so we're we're often often it's not even a choice. You know, coming to New York City, being in network is almost impossible because what they pay in other parts of the country is is it's not that different than what they pay for reimbursement in Manhattan, yeah. but it's impossible to get an office in Manhattan. And, right. And so you're seeing people for 10 minutes and writing a prescription for some medication and out the door they go. And that's, yeah. So yeah, is it, we are seeing, you know, uh, across our platform is that, you know, we have every specialty represented uh, uh-huh. in the out of network space. We have oncologists, we have neurologists, we have physical therapists. Uh, and after the show, I, I went, some tips on helping convert one of my good friends who's an in-network PT to have an yeah. out-of-network practice. I've been telling <laughs> okay. him for years. Uh, he'll be a lot happier. Uh, yeah. But we're in an era of personalized care, mm-hmm. and people are realizing, well, if I have a high deductible anyway, yeah. I got to pay out of my pocket for an in-network specialist, but I get you know different experience and better care in many cases mm-hmm. out-of-network. 
you know, that, that barrier is not so great anymore. Right. And a lot of practitioners pick up on that and are creating this sort of direct pay practices. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, was there, is there a stigma with mental health issues part of the reason you think more people are out of network? Like, do patients say, like, I don't even want my insurance company to know I don't trust them? Or is that, like, not really part of it? Um, I think it used to be more so. Um, mm -hmm. You know, since I've been in practice, the laws have gotten stronger uh, mm -hmm. against that sort of discrimination about insurance companies knowing. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, probably one-fifth of the country has uh, seen a therapist or counselor or psychiatrist. So, you know... How, how much stigma can there be when, you know, almost like if the population has right. gone through? Right. Um, so tell me, like, where was it in your practice that you realized you had a problem that you were trying to fix in this regard? And, like, in regard for, like, so was it, like, the first year you were, you know, what was happening at that time? Were you, like, were you on the phone with the insurance companies trying to follow these claims for people? Were you using some service and it wasn't working? I mean, what, what was happening when you started? Uh, there was no idea? service. I mean, it was, when I started, it was just me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I would do what I could, you know, look into someone's benefits or, uh, you know, what comes to mind is one particular patient who basically came in and said, doc, I need your help. And I'm thinking, oh no, what's he about to tell me? And it, he brought out a stack of receipts from my office over the year yeah. and said, and brought up a claim form and basically said, help me fill this out. <laughs> and so, you know, what, what can you do? So I started, that was my first real experience. I mean, I had filed some claims before then. I, I never gave it a second thought. Mm -hmm. Didn't get reimbursed because they, they, you know, they found some problem with it, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, but I started filling out the claims for this one particular, you know, good customer of mine. Um, and realized, hey, I could just hack together a little software and do this for all my patients. Mm -hmm. And then what I learned while doing that was people loved it. Yeah. People actually, I thought, oh, let me open it up to everyone. And so, you know, everyone then wanted me to file their claims. Uh, who wouldn't? And then um, I even heard uh, from new patients that they had heard that, you know, oh, the, the, this doctor was going to file the claims for you. So, uh, it brought in new patients just on that basis, which kind of blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's that, awesome. That, that's absolutely something we're seeing. So the whole philosophy around reimbursify was to empower the the patient, the client, to be able to self file in a way that's super easy and fast. Mm -hmm. So with reimbursify, you can download the app for free. You file your first claim for free. The first claim filing takes you about a minute. And then if you have repeating appointments, like is common in either mental health or physical therapy, you can use a feature in the app called clone claim. So if I come to uh, see Aaron uh, LeBauer and, and for a physical therapy treatment, and then I have another session scheduled the next week and the following week or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. in those subsequent sessions, I can open the app and tap on the clone claim button and it will copy all of the codes and fees from the first session and just ask me for the new date of service. Oh, wow. And so subsequent claims can be filed in as little as 10 seconds. <laughs> and so, you know, what we're hearing from uh, practitioners who are providing reimbursify to their caseload mm -hmm. is two things. One is, uh, clients who are getting reimbursed, who are using the app, they are booking more regular appointments because if you, even if you have a, um, if you have a, a session, let's say it's a $150 session and you, it's out of network. And so you use reimbursify and you file that claim. Even if you get paid back, say 60 or $70, that's still a tremendous value to the, to the client because they're getting $150 service for 80 or $90. Mm -hmm. And so they tend to book more regular sessions. And the other thing that we're hearing is that Reimbursify is actually helping practices grow. And one of the, one of the, the ways that's happening is, um, and, and I'll just use my wife as just a case in point that I'm familiar with, is you know historically when a new potential client would call up to say i found you on online or somebody referred me to you or whatever it was i'm interested in coming to see you 
at some point in that initial conversation, the potential client will say, mm. do you take my insurance? Right. And historically, for an Adam Network provider, the answer is no, we don't. But I'll give you a receipt and you can deal with your insurance company on that. Mm -hmm. So what we saw uh, was about a 50% conversion rate. So about half the time when those calls came in, um, my wife would book, be able to book an appointment to get the uh, client to come in. And about half the time, she'd never hear from them again. Um, so that was how it was. Now with Reimbursify, when that question comes up, do you accept my insurance? We created a script where we, where we encourage the practitioner to say, well, I'm not affiliated with any insurance companies. However, I will give you an app and you can file a claim for reimbursement with your phone in about a minute. Wow. And what happens is by changing a no to a yes, in a sense, the conversion rate we're seeing is increased by 25%. And, you know, practitioners understand that it's all about getting the client in the office and being able to establish that personal relationship. Mm -hmm. So we're really pleased with the feedback we're, we're hearing around that. Yeah, I remember early days in my practice, you know, people would see me a few times and say, well, I, I think I'm going to stop or I, I can't afford it, right? Well, the next right. question I would ask is, have you been filing for reimbursement? Mm -hmm. And often the answer was no. Well, this was before I was filing claims for them. And, you know, you can see that, well, they're suddenly out all this money. They don't know how to recoup it. And then it's, they're taking it out on my business, right? Because they're going to stop right. seeing me. And that whole process uh, gets much more... Uh, uh, conducive with regular, easy reimbursement filings happening. Yeah, that's amazing. So, Bill, what was that? Can you say that script again? Like, if I say, hey, so Bill, you know, does your buddy Vatsal take insurance? Because <laughs> that's right. the only reason I would ever choose to come see you. Right? Right, what was right. the, can you just say that? What was that answer? That script was really powerful. The answer, so, the answer is, uh, well, Vatsal is not associated with any insurance companies, but he will give you an app that you can mm -hmm. download and file a reimbursement claim from your phone in about a minute. Wow, that's awesome. Oh, so that just takes a lot of that worry out of my... It takes the worry out of mind, and, and, and it really addresses this sort of, um, uh, this sort of undertone of, oh my God, this is going to cost me money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, studies, you know, there's lots of research and studies and news reporting that is showing that um, out of po total out-of-pocket spend for healthcare is an absolute top-of-mind issue for Americans right. today. Right. And everybody pays a lot of money for their health insurance. What Reimbursify does is it allows people to optimize that spend and to actually get money back. Yeah. Um, what so happens when, like, someone you know, files a claim through it and, you know, their, their deductible is so high and the insurance is like, oh, you're the, the maybe their deductible is $2,000. They spent $2,200 with your business, but the allowed amount was only 423 bucks. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. What happens? Does, do you get notified that this is, you know, or just get the AOB? Does the, anything happen through the app? Yeah. So, so in, in the current version of the app, um, it, it's not connected to, the um, the final claim status. Although we're working on that um, uh, that a new feature that will allow that to happen, where it'll actually update in the app. Yeah. Um, so, but what happens today is you submit a claim, and the app will tell you when it gets injected into your health insurance company's uh, claims processing hub. Uh, the really cool thing about the app is uh, you can use Reimbursify for any medical or mental health or even alternative health kind of, of claim filing. So mm -hmm. like acupuncture or chiropractic or massage therapy, it, it's, it's universal in terms of its capability. If you are seeing a, a healthcare practitioner and they give you a receipt that has a medical code on it, um, you can use Reimbursify to file a, a claim. Wow. We, we inject that into the, into any, uh, private health insurance companies uh, claim processing hub, and at that point, you know it it takes on the processing of the of that specific insurance company, which 
you know, is typically about a three week process. Um, but what, what, what you get is you get almost instantaneous delivery and you get delivery of a very optimized claim. Wow. So that's awesome. So yeah. Bill, how did you, you know, so you're meeting, you're meeting Vontal. How did you take his idea and turn it into an app? Like what was the, what was the connecting points? Like what was like your zone of genius? And you're like, Oh yeah, I can do this. Like what was that piece that you were like, it connected. <laughs> well, it was out, it was it was a genius uh, uh, idea that that the Vasla came I up think with. it started off. I, I started off as the arrogant know-it-all doctor uh-huh. approaching a tech guy. <laughs> as I have this great idea, you have to hear it. Yeah, and he, I, I know he rolled his eyes when I said that. Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah. He, he went to lunch with me anyway. Well, okay. you know, practitioners <laughs> will really relate to this. I mean, you go to a. You go to a cocktail party and you're sitting there and says, what do you do for a living? And you say, I run a physical therapy practice. Mm. And they go, oh, you know, my shoulder here. (laughs) You know, it's like right here. And so it's the same thing in technology. So when you meet someone and they say, what do you do? And you say, well, I'm a software executive. They say, I have a great idea for an app. Uh And you're like, I'm going to grab another drink. <laughs> but in this case, it was a great idea. Yeah. So, um, you know, we really, and this is really the beauty of Reimbursify as sort of an entrepreneurial endeavor. And, you know, the, it really is important to have sort of the ideation, you know, the deep clinical experience and understanding of the insurance um, you know, the, the idiosyncratic nature of insurance claims and the landscape, as well as, you know, the technical aspect of it, you know, how to build something that's super streamlined and intuitive for users to be able to self-file quickly and easily, to be able to enable practitioners to distribute that, and, and in doing so, essentially eliminate any discussions around insurance, Mm -hmm. which is exactly why out-of-network practitioners are out-of-network. And then to build something that is secure and scalable. So that's really what we've done at at Reimbursify, and we're we're super excited to um, share it and engage with with people like you and, and your audience. That's awesome. What was the biggest challenge of putting something like that into an app? Like, you know, because I know there, and I want you to answer this for the, there there are two or three people, at least that I know, who are also physical therapy entrepreneurs who are building apps for home exercise or, you know, EHR things instead, or like putting all this stuff into an app, like what's the number one challenge that you faced in in getting this off the ground so it actually worked? I, 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 I can answer that. Yeah, I have one, but I'll let you go. All right, well, just from a technical perspective, um, I would say that, you know, the, the biggest challenge to what we've architected, because Reimbursify is, is the super lightweight, elegant, streamlined app, but behind the scenes, we have a super robust, secure, enterprise-class software platform that we've built that basically takes this information that somebody can enter in seconds and reorganizes it and optimizes it, injects it into the the proper systems um, and keeps track of it. Mm -hmm. So it's really the the back-end system, which uh, a lot of um, um, young or or early entrepreneurs don't really take into account. So um, I've, I've been fortunate, I've had a lot of experience in very large um, applications that serve, you know, uh, very large customer bases. What would you say? Yeah, I would say that um, part of that process was taking this monster of a system, right? No one, no one has ever said insurance claims are easy Mm -hmm. Um, and simplifying it while educating the user on what they're doing. Mm. Right. So, you know, we have to provide enough guidance but not too much guidance. Um, and uh, it's sometimes that early on, I think that was um, a bigger challenge than it is now because mm-hmm. we would assume that everyone knows what an ICD-10 code is. Well, mm-hmm. that's not the case. Or that everyone knows what a CPT code is or what right. CPT stands for. Uh, maybe I should quiz you. But, <laughs> uh, but that's not the case. So we have to be very, um, you know, speak in very plain language, 
and let people who know what they're doing do it, but also let people who might have never filed a claim before, ever even seen a doctor before, that's right. be able to do it. That's right. Right. Because right. sending people, asking people to call their insurance company and find out their benefits is like a losing proposition, right? Yeah. And that, so one thing that we wanted to do is, is let people file a claim for free. So mm -hmm. anyone can download the app and file one claim for free so that they can even, you know, they can, that's, that's sort of a, a, a different way to check your benefits, right? Right. What right. And right. then uh, any practitioners that register on our website get uh, a promo code to let their patients file five claims for free when they uh -huh. first sign up. Oh, awesome. And then if patients do have to pay, I don't, I think you even said it wasn't even that much money to, for them to file. Like if, yeah, it's currently a couple of bucks per claim yeah. to file. Um, and we also have a uh, really interesting model that is pretty popular. Uh, we call it Provider Pro. Mm -hmm. Now that works is a practitioner can register uh, with Reimbursify. Just go to the website and, and you can click on uh, Register My Practice. And uh, you can sign up for Provider Pro. You pay us a monthly fee. It's currently... Uh, $99 a month, and yep. then all of your uh, clients then uh, can file their out-of-network claims at no cost to the client. So it's a, it's sort of a, a nice concierge-like service yeah. that you can offer to your caseload. Uh, it helps differentiate your practice. Again, it helps in that process of not only am I going to give you an app, but it's going to be free for yeah. you for anything that, uh, uh, for any uh, claims from my practice. And it, so it requires awesome. no extra work or even thought behind it because we, we base it on a practitioner's NPI number. Mm -hmm. So uh, any claims that come in, we just don't charge the, the patient for those claims. Well, and so, I mean, that's much less expensive than hiring someone or paying 8% of claims or something like that, right? Yeah, that, that's a great point. So uh, when, when, when one of your patients or clients uh, files a claim with reimbursify. It's a it's a it's a per claim fee if they're paying for it, which mm -hmm. is currently about two bucks. Um, and if they're if it's provider pro, of course, it's nothing. Uh, it's free for the for the user. Um, yeah. But all the reimbursement, one hundred percent of the reimbursement, comes back to the patient client. Wow. Reimbursify never takes any of the reimbursement. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, you know. Vatsal, well, I have a question for you, and this is kind of related but different because we're talking about money, right? We're talking about, you know, what's people's problem? It's like, oh, it's going to cost a lot. I don't know how much it's going to cost. I don't know if it's worth coming in to, you know, get my head shrunk by Vatsal or by, you know, get my, you know, arm torn off by Dr. LeBauer or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're like, I don't know if it's going to work. Okay, so there's that question about money on the side of the patients, right? But then our job as out-of-network providers is to actually charge an amount that's worth something um, that pays the bills and pays the rent. Because, mm. you know, I know a lot of people and have clients in New York City who probably aren't charging enough in New York City. And when I um, talk to them, you know, I'm like, hey, you need to really, like, raise your prices because you're struggling and rent's $5,000 a month. Like, exactly. You, but there's a lot of resistance. So from your background as a, as a psychiatrist, can you tell me like, why is there resistance from patients and providers in like raising the rates and charging enough? Is it, and is it hmm. even the same thing? That's like, a great that come question. Uh, and uh, it, your, your stripes as a, as a consultant to private practices <laughs> shining through there. Uh, no, it's a great question because I think practitioners of any kind we got into the business to help people, not to extract competitive fees from them. Right. So, you know, when I, uh, for years, I, I opened my practice, you know, kind of below, with below market rates, which was good in the first couple of years. Mm -hmm. And then I was always slow to raise my rates to what other people were charging. You know, that changed over the years. But I think part of that is you know, we're uncomfortable talking about money, right? Because the healthcare system is so weird. You know, most people, money's an afterthought because insurance will pay for it or we're, we're naturally uncomfortable because we're not trained in business. And I think you're right that many people could and should actually raise their fees. I remember there was a, a point about five, six years ago that I was almost burning out. Practice was full and I was charging below market rates. Mm -hmm. Ask any economic student, what's the problem with that scenario? Uh, it's basically 
that I need to raise my rates because I'm, I'm providing too much access and not, not charging enough for that, for that transaction. And I sometimes, you know, early on, I would feel bad if I lost a patient mm-hmm. because of the fees. Well, I, I needed to get over that because I need to set a fee where I'm not the right choice for maybe every patient, right. but I'm the right price point for the patient I want right. um, and who needs me, my expertise. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, a complicated decision process, but I think uh, as a whole, most practitioners are on the uh, side of charging too little rather than too much. Mm-hmm. Do you think, it, is it because, only because we're afraid to ask for like money in exchange for a personal service that has no tangible value? Or is there some, you know, because I don't have an injection that I'm doing that now, like, hey, it's 150. It's like, right. I'm actually very much like you're talking and I'm using my hands and talking to people and educating them. There's not much other tangible that they're walking out with. Well, that yeah, that's, I think that is part of it. But um, I, I think that's also in my own former practice, it, it helped me kind of beef up my mm-hmm. Uh, product, if you will, yeah. because I would, you know, I ended up starting, I used the whiteboard, right? So I would draw out concepts, right? Because, you know, maybe the last doctor didn't explain what this medication does for mm-hmm. this person. So I'll draw out like, you know, serotonin and whatever. Or, uh, you know, at some points I would like print up educational material and, you know, I had these custom folders made with my practice logo on them to so they can take them home because no one digest all of the information that a doctor tells them during the appointment, right? They got to think about it. They got to review, you know, replay it in their head later. So I think some of that uh, can also help. And it's also good care, right? To, Mm -hmm. to provide those things, but you know, that adds to some of the tangible value that also um, corroborates the the intangible part that they're getting in the office. Right. Right. And do you think we're patients? Do you think like, do you think it's the, are they overly concerned with what it's going to cost because that's the way they're trained by the rest of the system or mm-hmm. because it's the system is so unclear as to actually what it's going to cost you, you know, you know what I mean? Like they come in with this, you know, like fear of like, Oh, it's gotta be, you know, it's gotta be expensive, but expensive compared to you, know, you and I understand like expensive compared to what? Like, that's you know, right. <laughs> but like, what, where is the, <clears throat> where's the, the agitation coming from on part of most of the patients? Is it just not knowing what's going to happen afterwards with their wallet or something? Else? I think there's, there's different, uh, patient types, right? If there's someone who's never gone out of network, mm-hmm. then they're comparing you to a $40 copay. Right. So they have to understand or need the service, right? Uh, in that situation, sometimes the in-network resources might have a four-month wait, and they can see someone like you or me next week. Right. And so that's a, you know, that's a tangible value. Um, uh, the, uh, yeah, I think there's just a lot that, that um, goes into that. Um, I, you know, it depends on the geographic area as well. I think um, in big, big cities and in the metro areas. And like I said, there's so much more uh, personalized health now. There's direct, uh, you know, direct primary care. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are apps now where you can pay for a therapist and get a video session and it's out of network. So I think people are getting more accustomed to what am I getting for my money? And, and uh, especially with a, if they have a high deductible either way, right, then it's only a few bucks more to go out of network. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The, I think yeah, I, I think I think that there's that there's a, a there's variables that I think it's a dynamic between both uh, you know practitioner and patient on both sides of the equation. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I, 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 sometimes I think that um, and I and I you know my social circle I know a lot of uh, practitioners across um, healthcare spectrum, and um, you know I think that. A lot of times they don't understand, especially younger, um, newer practitioners who are maybe pretty new to the market and developing their practices. Um, they they don't really recognize this sort of mutuality that has to exist between the the, the um, practitioner patient relationship, um, and they just see it from one side. Um, so what I mean by that is. Um, you know what you're delivering, and when, when, a, when a client or a patient comes to your practice, 
you know, you're a professional. You, you've been trained to deliver whatever your service is to improve their physical health or their mental health or whatever it might be. Um, so they're coming to you with an issue. And the price point around that is, is, is just uh, so variable in terms of that dynamic. You know, I know that, for instance, I've spoken to mental health uh, practitioners in the city who said that when they raised their prices, they actually started booking more sessions uh, because there's this sort of implicit bias we have around if something costs a certain amount, it's good. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, if, if something costs more, then it's going to be better than something that costs less. There's this sort of, again, it's... Um, it's a, it's a lot of sort of uh, psychology to it. But, you know, I think practitioners as a whole need to look at market rates in whatever area that they're in, both um, in terms of their specialty and their geography. And you have to develop confidence in mm -hmm. your ability to deliver excellent services. Yeah, and I think the, there's a... There's an additional layer of cost effectiveness we can bring to the table. For example, for years, since I was a trainee, I would make it a point to know what the price of the meds are that I'm prescribing. Mm -hmm. And no one else was doing that in my, at my level. Yeah. So someone could see me and we could actually save them money on medication, right? Regimen or generics or whatever, or in your case, maybe, you know, some sort of testing or, or service or, you know, Maybe the cash price for an MRI here is much lower than the in-network price that they're going to have to pay with their high deductible. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I know I, it's trained me to kind of look at the, the, the whole patient, both financially and medically, you know, so I'm, you know, making sure they're going for their, their regular preventive care uh, appointments and reaching out to their other practitioners to coordinate things. And, yeah. you know, it, it's a, it's a mindset. It's, you know, I, I, I'll never, I would never go back. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I, if I'm in a full-time practice again, uh, you know, even You're if never, I have to charge 10 he's bucks. He's never a going back to right. a full-time <laughs> practice. We need him here because he can impact millions of people here. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I just want to share one little uh, trick that, that right. happened recently um, that a practitioner friend who was talking about raising her prices, she wanted to raise her prices and she was very tentative about it. She was afraid and so what I said to her is I said, here's what you do. The next time you get a, a patient, a, a potential client outreach, you tell them that your price point is where you want your price point to be. Mm -hmm. So when they say, how much is it for a session with you? You tell them not what you've been charging, but what you want to charge. And then you keep doing that until you've had three calls where the patient doesn't come. Mm -hmm. So if, if, if so you, you have to be able to be disciplined and the first time you you know you raise your price from 125 to 150 dollars a session, if that first patient doesn't come, you do it again. And if the right. second patient doesn't come, you do it again. And then if the third patient doesn't come, you know you're at the right place. But she said that it never happened. <laughs> so she raised her price point on the for next call she got. She got that patient, came wow. in, became a long-term patient, and then that became her price. And since then, she's gone from um, $125 a session to $175 a session, and she has a really thriving practice. So sometimes, you know, you just have to set, set sort of a, a mental technique for yourself right. um, to find out what your value is in the market. And uh, she was pleasantly surprised. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's all up here. <laughs> That's right. That's it. That's it. Bill, what's the difference between um, this business as a healthcare business and maybe some of the, maybe some of the non-healthcare tech businesses you've done? Is there something yeah. that sets us apart? Um, this, this I've is known this man for five years. I've never asking that question <laughs> so i can't wait to hear this uh, That's awesome. uh this is meaningful this is this is i mean the, the you know when we um w w when i see some of the customer care tick you know questions that come in and people ask us for help filing a claim well i'm trying to file a claim um for this and that and, and you know how do we do this and what happens and what's the status of my claim with this 
when we resolve those issues, when, mm -hmm. when, when somebody starts filing for their reimbursement and they start getting hundreds or we have people who get thousands of dollars back, it is transformative. And it is such an incredible thing to be able to uh, do something that's good, that supports people's health. Mm -hmm. um, in, 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 you know, again, I just, you know, one, one thing that really drives Reimbursify is we, uh, as a company, you know, young company, but we have a really strong culture around justice, you know, doing the right thing. Um, sometimes, uh, sometimes we spend maybe a little too much time uh, on a single person on a single claim, but it's, it's meaningful. Yeah. And so the feedback we get is, is worth it. It's fantastic. Versus having a piece of, so, you know, going to market with a piece of software technology that does some sort of corporate um, function um, that maybe saves you know, some big bank uh, $5 million a year. Right. It's way more meaningful for me to save a person $1,000 a year um, than, than, than the, uh, the former. Right. That's so awesome. That's really cool. Um, Matul, uh, another question before we wrap up for you. You were in private practice for what, four or five years, right? Or was uh, it longer than that? 20, two, uh, almost eight years. Eight. Oh, eight years. Okay. So eight yeah. years. Um, if you did it again, what would you do different or what would you like, or really it's like, what would be your biggest piece of advice yeah. for someone who's just getting in or just starting? Mm -hmm in out and like an out of network private practice cash based practice something like that what would i do different or how i would counsel someone who's about yeah well to just so like, how would you like someone who's listening who's just getting started or you know is you know maybe a few years in like what is like the best you know no it's back piece of advice for them you know that you think would be important it's scary uh it's a i remember you know taking the plunge if you will like moving from a salary at a medical center to, you know, self-sufficiency in a private practice. And it is scary. I mean, even though, you know, looking back, like there shouldn't have been anything I should have been scared of. Yeah. Um, but, you know, making the rent, you know, paying for health insurance, uh, making enough money to pay your own rent and stuff. Uh, it's, it's scarier than you think. Mm -hmm. is um, the first thing I would say. Um, you know, I kind of alluded to this earlier. I think, I don't care where I am, if I, you know, if I'm back into a practice setting, I, I, I can't see myself ever accepting insurance, even if, you know, I have to take $10 a visit or $50 a visit, right. Right? because it's just such, so much more of a pure transaction. It's so much more of a uh, connection. You know, I'm not, spending half my visit wondering how I should document the visit for mm -hmm. the insurance company to know that I had this visit with a patient, right? It's just about that person and serving them. Um, and then uh, the other thing I would say is that I, I, I did a lot of, uh, I used a lot of technology in my practice. So, you know, I was using an online calendar before people knew that they could subscribe to online calendars. Right. Um, I was, uh, I, I started using a web-based health record system before they were really that common um, because I, I, you know, I would just want you know, I wanted to see people and not have a lot of overhead mm -hmm. and work efficiently. So, um, you know, and part of that was ultimately um, filing claims for them, right? I saw that as part of what I thought my practice should offer them mm -hmm. uh, as part of the experience. And, um, and that's kind of informed the development of the product we have now uh, awesome. to help patients and practices. You know, what, would you say that, you know, once you get a practice set up and running, that it is, there's just nothing so rewarding, right? I mean, it's just, I mean, the yeah, payoff is just, the, um, it, I mean, I, I, I had pretty much a dream practice. I, I mean, I, I would look back and say, um, you know, and part of the, part of what I did actually, because I had built it with, uh, you know, to run efficiently and with all the tools is that I was able to sell it mm, uh, okay. to, to, you know, right before we launched Reimbursify. Um, but, but it, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's still, I, I still feel like thinking back, you know, three, four years ago that, 
it, it was just a, it was kind of a dream practice. I mean, I, other than being a long commute, that was another problem with it because we ultimately moved out of New York City. But um, you know, it, there's there was just something grounding about it. You know, mm-hmm. running it and having a patient population that looks to you and then you have relationships with and refer their family members and their friends to you because you're the only one they should see, you know, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, it's, there's no better compliment or reward. But, you know, the, awesome. the thing is that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about this, um, that it was uh, incredible what you did was, and this isn't true, um, you, you know, across all practices, but you really built a valuable practice that you ultimately actually sold mm-hmm. for a lot of money. Um, so it was, it was, a it was a practice that, um, was an asset. It yeah. was actually a financial asset. So that's, that's pretty commendable. What were that was key- one of the reasons why I knew he'd be a great business partner. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> what were the key things that made it an asset was, you know, like, because in a, in a cash practice, I don't really have accounts receivable. Right. So what were some of the things that you did, Vatsal or Bill, that maybe you saw in his business? You're like, that's an asset. Tell him. Uh, he he, he, yeah, he I mean, really did a great job. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah I, you know, I didn't go to school for business, though I minored in economics. But, you know, I, I basically, I mean, not, I know the terminology now mm-hmm. as a startup co-founder, but I had a funnel, right? So I had a funnel of new patients because I would reach out to therapists who wanted to refer patients. So I had probably 50 or more referring psychologists, social workers, uh, who would refer to me as a psychiatrist. Then I had an onboarding process. Again, I didn't call it onboarding when I ran the practice. Uh, but, you know, I had online forms. Uh, actually, they could see my fees, right? They, mm-hmm. they would inquire as a new patient. It would send them the fee schedule and kind of how my practice runs and what, you know, how I'm different, why they should see me. Um, and so literally, I could walk in on a work day. Oh, and then ultimately, I added a remote assistant who would answer phones and be, you know, it was like she was there, but, um, you know, supporting my practice. Uh, it's like she was there physically, but she was not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could literally show up for a work day, you know, with new, a new patient scheduled and several reschedules, and it's all already taken care of, whether they did it online or my assistant yeah. did it. And it was like a turnkey operation that, you know, someone else could be sitting in this seat if they're the right person to take over the practice. So the asset was really kind of the way it was run. And then, of course, the the patient, the the referral sources I had, as well as the um, the, just the patient volume, you know, because it's hard to switch practitioners, right? So if they're coming to this office, they're going to go ahead and come to this office and see if the, the, the next person that's sitting here, they'll give them a mm-hmm. shot, right? And then right. it's up to him to keep them. Right, right. Um, and so, so that, that's in a nutshell. So, yeah. let, let, let me distill this into yeah. uh, very simple business terms. What Vossel did was, without explicitly understanding this yeah. at the time, is he built a brand, mm-hmm. um, which I know you understand very, very well, and that's yeah. really important. It's important to create a brand, even if it's your personal brand mm-hmm. as a practitioner. Um, what, what, what do you represent to the, your patient and client community as a practitioner? Right. You know, um, you know, integrity, um, expertise, you know, accessibility, whatever that is, you create a brand and then you create a process to deliver those services mm-hmm. repeatable. And then out of that process comes satisfied patients and clients, right. which go out and amplify your brand and creates this asset of a practice which Vatsal actually sold. Yeah. And um, so that's, uh, that was really a beautiful thing. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. So, wow, congrats. And not many people do that because they'll just shut it down because it was all built around them and there was that no process. School. I don't think right. they teach that in medical school, uh-huh. um, Aaron. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, uh, 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 forums like this are so important, especially yeah. to new and, and up-and-coming practitioners. Yeah. I think if I, uh, in my non-clinical time and maybe post-startup, whenever that is, yeah. uh, 
I think I would love to teach business to healthcare practitioners mm. as a voluntary service. Yeah. Sure. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. Be great. They need it. Like PT business is like take $250,000 loan, build a 5,000 square foot facility, write a business plan. And it's just like, can we change those two figures? No. <laughs> um, well guys, we're about out of time. So thank you uh, for being here. Can you, if someone wants to find out more about you or find out um, a little bit about reimbursed by where do they find you guys like personally online? Like are you on Twitter, Instagram somewhere? And yeah, yeah, we, we, we are on, you know, uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, um, uh, LinkedIn, um, we do have an Instagram account where we started it. It's not, uh, it's fledgling right now, okay. but, um, we're interviewing some social media uh, people right now around that that are like, what do you mean you're not focused on Instagram? <laughs> um, but of course you can always just go to our website at mm -hmm. reimbursify.com. Take a look around, click on, um, uh, the healthcare uh, provider button, learn more, register your practice for free. Okay. Um, and, um, I think we're going to, make a special offer for your audience today as well. Okay. Yeah. So we, we're going to do a, we'll put the link on the show notes page, but if you're listening and you want to go to labauerconsulting.com forward slash reimbursify, I'll make sure that that link goes to um, the offer or free registration uh, page and et cetera for you guys. Perfect. So, yeah. Bauer consulting forward slash reimbursify and you'll find it there. Got it. All right. Um, Vatsal, any, anything else from you? No, I think uh, what you're doing is great because, you know, what I just talked about doing in the uh, teaching business to healthcare practitioners, you're already doing and made a business of it. So right. hats off to you and, and for the good work you're doing. Thank you very much. Um, well, Bill Vatsal, it's been a pleasure speaking with you guys. I hope I get to meet you guys in person uh, someday soon. And I look forward to seeing what you guys grow. And we're actually starting to use uh, reimbursement in our clinic, um, you know, in the last week. And so I'm Looking forward to hearing what my, how my patients, uh, you know, respond to it and how we can start using it in those first phone calls to, you know, kind of deflect some of the uncertainty around reimbursement. So thank well, you. Well, if they have any issues, if anybody ever has any questions at all, you can send an email to hello at reimbursify.com. We have a whole team of people that will respond. And uh, if you're ever in New York, Aaron, yep. you know, drop us a line and we're going to set you up to a Broadway show. Sounds good. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I'll take you up on it. I'm sure. Sure. It won't happen the next few weeks, but <laughs> we'll be there soon. So thank you guys so much uh, for the Gash PD lunch hour. Um, this is Aaron LeBauer and uh, Bill and Vatzel and go out there and just don't worry about the insurance companies. And if you like this show, um, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes, screenshot it, share it with your friends, tag us, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Have a good day. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint. Because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.